Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So a hiker in Colorado was lost. He didn't know where he was for 24 hours. And they sent rescue crews to look for him. And they had his phone number and they called him. But he didn't recognize the phone number, so he didn't pick up the phone. (laughs) I understand that process. Uh, Anytime you get a call that it doesn't come up who it belongs to, or you're not expecting it from a specific number, you do not answer it. No way. Now, I will say that uh, these people were out looking for him. So he, he went missing. And the search and rescue team went out looking for him. He's fine. He found his way back. He said that uh, he tried different trails and tried to locate the proper trailhead. And he finally found the correct one and made it back to his car the next morning. And so everything is fine. But they, you know, couldn't believe that they had called him and he didn't answer the phone because he didn't know the number. And everybody's saying, why didn't you just, you know, pick up the phone? Please just answer the phone. And it was the same number calling him. You probably would have picked it up after the fourth or fifth time thinking, well, maybe it's someone I need to speak to. My next question, though, is it says nowhere in this story. Why didn't they just text him? Why didn't the search and rescue team go, hey, we're trying to call. We're wanting to know if you're okay and trying to find where you're at. Pick up the phone. I don't understand that. We just kept calling and calling and realizing that he didn't answer. Doesn't make a lot of sense. After about the 10th call, don't you text? Don't you just say, dude, pick up the phone. This is search and rescue. I don't know. Maybe someone needs to train search and rescue on how to text. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So amazing times for Elon Musk. Uh, Yesterday, Tesla hit the trillion dollar market cap. Just amazing times. It happened because one of the things that pushed it over a trillion dollars market cap was that Hertz the rent-a-car company, said it was going to buy 100,000 vehicles from Tesla. Pretty incredible. They have, right now, Hertz, I think, has 450, 400, and over 400,000 rent-a-cars on the road. So, and I, you know, everyone is on the road and rented. And followed by GPS. Anyway, the Hertz purchase is worth over $4 billion, and it's obviously the largest uh, EV electric vehicle deal in history. Now, it claims that Tesla now is worth as much as 19 other automakers, including Toyota, GM, Honda, and Nissan combined. Tesla's value is 15 times higher than Ford's, even though Ford bought in, uh, I don't think they brought in like $115 billion more in revenue last year. I mean, good for them. And it says in this story that Musk's fortune, he is now the richest guy in the world, uh, his fortune increased $25.6 billion yesterday. <laughs> I heard one report that said $30 billion. 
increased more than 30 billion. This report says 25.6 billion. So somewhere between 25 and 35 billion dollars his fortune increased yesterday. So if you just go with the 25.6 billion, that's 255.2 billion dollars. <laughs> that's richer than any billionaire Forbes has ever tracked. And I mean, he's looking way down on Jeff Bezos these days, I'll tell you that. So it's the, you know, the billion dollar companies. You've got the uh PetroChina which is a trillion dollar company. I said billion dollar, trillion dollar. I spit on a billion dollars. Uh, it's trillion dollar market cap. You have PetroChina, then you have Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, Google, Facebook, which will be changing its name probably this week. Uh, for those of you listening live, today is the 26th of October, 2021. It's reported that Facebook is going to change its name this week at uh, some uh, meeting that they've got going on, I think Thursday. So we'll see. I think what's going to happen is they're going to do the same thing that Google did, right? They're going to name themselves uh, an overseeing umbrella company that will be the new name. And Facebook is just underneath that, just like Google is underneath Alphabet. And then you have Tesla on the trillion dollar, <laughs> on the trillion dollar calendar. Amazing, amazing times. All those companies, by the way, except for uh, PetroChina, are American companies. Huh, huh. Amazing how that happened, isn't it? Now, we still have, uh, you know, trillion-dollar company Amazon talking about uh, software glitches, firing workers who were on medical leave. Ah, they'll, they'll work it out. Don't worry about it. They've got another warehouse where workers are petitioning to form a union. Good luck. We'll see how that goes. We have uh, Roku uh, claiming that Google is uh, trying to uh, come after uh, them with contract negotiations over a predatory contract with Roku. They want uh, Google wants uh, Roku to turn over all the consumer data related to what Roku users watch on their devices, manipulate otherwise neutral consumer search results in favor of YouTube, and install more expensive parts on its devices. So we'll see how that works out. And we have Facebook uh, struggling now as they were looking to you know rename and try to rebrand uh, themselves because of the whistleblower and they want to uh, you know they want to come across as a as a kinder gentler company. All right. Well, we'll see how that works out for you. And, you know, speaking of China, I mean, we talked about how Jack Ma, the Alibaba founder, you know, went missing and then he showed up again. Everybody thought he was probably dead, but uh, he just went, you know, to a little re-education, I'm sure, in China. And that was after his speech last year, almost a year ago, uh, when he went missing. After his big uh, speech on, uh, you know, the e-commerce and uh, regulations in China, well, now his company has lost $344 billion in market cap. Huh. I wonder how, why that happened. It's really, really weird how stuff like that happens, isn't it? And we also got news that uh, the Russian-linked hackers who pulled off the SolarWinds cyber attack and who are, you know, most definitely trying to cyber attack, I don't know, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, Facebook, and Tesla, or these underlying corporations underneath those companies, they're back. The hackers are back, and this time, they're pissed. And they're targeting, apparently, the global tech supply chain. Okay, 
all right, we'll see how that works out for them. So, I mean, these companies are going to be trying to take down the uh, Russia-linked hackers. We'll see how that works out for them. I don't know if you need to be a trillionaire. According to this story, the husband is a millionaire in uh, Georgia, not the state. And he has a 24-year-old wife, formerly uh, from Russia, who spends uh, almost $100,000 a year on 16 live-in nannies. And they're not just for the 24-year-old, amazingly. Uh, They have spent a couple hundred thousand on surrogates to have babies between March of last year and July of this year, according to this story. Now, the couple have a daughter who is six from a previous relationship, and the hubby has nine older children, okay? So they now have, well, with the surrogates, they had uh, 19 babies. (laughs) Oh, okay. Boy, that sounds like fun, doesn't it? Now, the nannies uh, obviously live in and they have their own rooms and their own kitchens for, you know, they can have their own food and they have a rolling schedule. According to this article, four days on and two days off. I mean, that's special, right? I mean, that's nice of them. And of course, uh, you know, the mom, according to this spends as much quality time as possible. And they eat late when daddy comes home, he gets home late because he works late and they spend the weekend and they take a day off from social media because she posts all about it on her Instagram account. Of course, you can't be expected to have 19 kids uh, from surrogates with nannies and not have an Instagram account to follow your life, right? Yeah, of course. Duh. So the children, I, I don't know that I could do 19 kids, man. I mean, okay, I like kids. Kind of. But uh, they... <laughs> They have a baby 19 months old, 18 months old, 18 months old, 18 months old, 17 months old, 17 months old, 16 months old, 16 months old, 16 months old, and 15 months old. The youngest kids are 15 months, 14 months, 14 months, 14 months, 13 months, 13 months. Sarah is one. Lokman is one. Uh, one is 11 months old. Uh, Olivia is nine months and Judy, of course, is three months old. Duh. Plus the older kids. So you have about 24, 23, 24 kids. Uh, most of them uh, around the same age and a couple of the older ones living under one roof. Ooh, that does not sound fun. And they talk about going for walks. I'm sorry. It sounds amazingly fun and so worthwhile and just overwhelming with love right yeah and it has one picture here of uh, two four six eight ten twelve fourteen of the kids uh in double strollers uh as they go out for a walk and i'm guessing that uh, when they go out for a walk it's with you know mom and the nannies (laughs) so dad must be pulling in some cash So they've paid a bunch of money for surrogates and now they've got all kinds of kids. I don't know from the first marriage, if he's paying, uh, paying any kind of alimony, I don't know what it costs to get the 24 year old wife from Russia over. I'm sure it was nothing but love there. And, uh, she is just, just having fun. I'm in love with my husband. 
And we're just so darn happy to have all these children. Are you? Are you? Okay. All right. I mean, nothing says a happy family like 23 kids under one roof. I'm sure it's a big roof, but still. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I've told you this before, but that is always so good. Did you see where it looks like uh, we're going to have Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie playing Barbie and Ken in the new Barbie film? Okay. I mean, Gosling turns 40 and Margot Robbie is 31. It's supposed to be a live action Warner Brothers movie. So it should be an interesting pairing and an interesting movie. Don't know if it'll be any good or not, but to have Margot Robbie playing a Barbie and to have Ryan Gosling playing Ken, it'll be, you know, a pretty hot movie. I was reading this article <laughs> written by uh, Kelly Keegs for a Barstool Sports, and her article review was really funny, talking about how hot... Uh, Gosling is and remains to be and how hot he has been. And he talks about, uh, you know, Margot Robbie looking hot. And she also talks about, uh, I, she's, uh, ecstatic and terrified for this movie. And she just wants time enough to prepare mentally for the movie in the theaters. And she wants the theaters to be sure to install, uh, drains in the floors. Cause it's going to be a wet one. <laughs> Uh, let's hope it gets released in the theaters. I mean, it might be so good. It's just because the theaters don't have enough time to install drains. We may just have to release it for a streaming release. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Another actress who seems to be pretty good looking, Kate Beckinsale. Uh, she did an interview with Stern not long ago, and she talked about how high her IQ was. And I think she called her mom on the interview to find out that she had an IQ of 152. And she believes that uh, the high IQ has handicapped her career in Tinseltown. <laughs> now, I haven't seen her new show on Paramount Plus, Guilty Party. I've seen all, you know, seen all, all her other stuff. I don't know that I have access to Paramount Plus right now. I'm going to have to look into making that happen. But uh, she said that uh, being 152 puts her in the top 1% of the population. So, okay. Uh, that's good for her. I love the idea that it's handicapped her in Hollywood, though. Because uh, I wonder why that would be. I wonder why an extra smart woman in Hollywood would be handicapped. Huh. I don't know. You'd have to tell me. You can just email me, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. Ah, you can follow me on Twitter, too, at JeffyJFR, or Instagram and Facebook as Jeff Fisher Radio. Either way, you can, you know, let me know, because I'm confused at how why a, a smart woman in Hollywood would feel handicapped. Really, really strange to me. Not sure I understand that. Hey, uh, reminder also, hashtag uh, shave head, save human. 
Uh, I'm trying to raise some money for our rescue and to save uh, to save one human slave that's rescued from our rescue. Uh, takes six thousand dollars for one year, and I'm just trying to raise some money and let's try to uh, get one survivor a year of good times for six thousand dollars. It pays for legal documents, uh, medical travel, food, water, lodging, transportation, education, vocational training, uh, all for one year to get these uh, slavery survivors, these sex slave survivors back on their feet and into a real healthy, productive life. And so I'm going to shave my head on November 19th. Uh, I want to raise $6,000 to do it. So uh, the link is on any of my social media accounts. You can, uh, the link is in the bio and I've also pinned the tweet to the top of my profile page and you can go there and I'm trying to, you know, help me raise some money, give what you can and let's get as much money as we can to our rescue. They do great work and uh, I really want to help them out and I really want to shave my head too. So help me do that by uh, raising money for our rescue. Okay. Really sick of this hair. It's driving me insane. Uh, I'm starting to wear these, uh, what do they call these things? buffs yeah <laughs> i've been wearing this stupid buff around the house and uh, i don't believe my family is a fan so uh i don't want to have to wear these anymore so help me raise some money for our rescue and uh hashtag shave head save a human and you can play along too. shave your head hashtag with the shave head save a human and uh send a picture but i'm going to shave my head live on my facebook and instagram accounts on that Friday, the uh, 19th of November. So you can, you know, join in and have fun and we'll just shave my head live. But I want to try to raise at least $6,000 for our rescue to uh, at least pay for a year for one survivor. So you can help me out with that. Okay. You know, I've been listening. I don't know. I, I don't know if you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast on Spotify or not. And I don't listen to them all. I really enjoy his work. And I know, you know, he's a busy guy and he is crazy busy and the podcasts are another, you know, part of him, but I just, he did an interview with Jewel, the singer. It's uh, I think it's episode 1724 on Spotify and it's, I don't know, it's a three hour interview or whatever. Uh, they posted two and a half hours of a three or four hour interview. It is amazing. She has led a life that is, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's a, she was raised on a homestead in Alaska and then moved down to California and became homeless. And before that, she traveled to Michigan to go to the music place uh, in Traverse City, Interlochen. And how she got there, how she raised money to go there, and when she first arrived. And then she hitchhiked across the country and through Mexico for a spring break. And then she was uh, performing all the time. She was, you know, singing on the streets and to raise money and doing whatever she could to survive. And then her story about being discovered is incredible. She was broke and homeless. And there was a lady selling, looking to sell, close up her coffee shop. And she, her story tells her that she went to this lady and said, Hey, do you think you could stay open for at least a couple of more months? If I can get people to come in and, you know, you keep all the, you know, coffee and food money and I'll play for tips and the tips are mine. 
And the lady said, yeah, we can try that. So she went and sang on the beach and tried to get people to come to see her at this place. And finally, you know, a couple people showed up and then more people. And then in the end, it was, you know, place was packed out. People were standing outside and then a radio guy sees her, puts her on the air. And then, you know, the rest is, you know, history for her to be found out and how she, her contract and the future and then her parents. It was just, just in a really, really fascinating story and what good work she's doing today because of uh what she did and how she handled her life so she's helping all these other people and young kids today uh, just an incredible interview if you have a chance to listen and or watch the jewel interview with joe rogan it was i i could just i i could just talk to you about that and I would love to talk to Jewel. I mean, you know, I I know that chewing the fat is, you know, just a little bit below Joe Rogan as far as the downloads. So if you could bump me up and tell your friends about chewing the fat so you could subscribe, that would be great. <laughs> I'd like to get a little closer to Joe. I'm a little ways away. <laughs> but it was really a really, really fascinating uh, interview with jewel and i did not know that about her at all and i know she's got a couple books out there and i'm gonna go ahead and find them and read them but really really fascinating and joe rogan most definitely doesn't need me to promote his podcast but it is well worth your time to listen to that jewel interview it was really good So the movie, My Son Hunter, is underway. They've started filming over in Serbia. We've got to, I've got to get Phelan MacLear on and talk to him about how it's going. They announced uh, John James is going to play President Biden in the film. He uh, tweeted a, a message and a video about playing Joe Biden. We know that Lawrence Fox is playing Hunter in the movie. And he just tweeted a picture out of himself in a scene uh, under the uh, under the caption, everything is fine, I'm in a really good place. And it was beside a woman in lingerie on the set, and he was donning his white loincloth and orange scarf and sunglasses. Remember the pic from the laptop? So my son Hunter is filming. We've got to talk to Phelan, find out how it's going. He had talked about how the hotel they were staying at uh hunter was there just before they had arrived and so it's interesting i wonder if he found out any more on why hunter was there we've got to talk to him about that my son hunter uh dot com for more information it's going to be fantastic i can't wait for the filming to get done and speaking of uh joe biden you know our president of the United States of America. I see where uh, YouTube has deleted the video, Let's Go Brandon, due to uh, medical information. I'm sorry, medical misinformation. <laughs> Come on now, stop it. And the White House had a spokesman that said that they were unfamiliar with F. Joe Biden and Let's Go Brandon Chance. 
are you? Are you? I mean, it's a generic thing. It, it really, you know, it's really took off after the interview with the uh, NASCAR driver, the Xfinity series, stock car driver, whatever he is, the Brandon Brown interview. And it was generic. Everybody gave the, uh, the interviewer such a hard time about it. I thought she handled it great. I mean, she's interviewing this guy after winning this Brandon Brown, and he's excited and he's happy. And the crowd is chanting F Joe Biden. And they continued to do it throughout the interview. And so, you know, it wasn't fake news. She's got to, they've got to do this interview and she's got to pretend like the crowd isn't saying something they're not supposed to be saying on television, F Joe Biden. So I thought she handled it great by saying there's the crowd and they're chanting. She points out they're chanting, but she points out, let's go Brandon, right? And so, I mean, I I thought she handled it great. I don't think it had anything to do with fake news. I think, you know, she's not going to point out that the crowd is, well, I'm talking to Brandon here and don't mind the crowd saying F Joe Biden. Brandon, how about that race, huh? But it was, uh, you know, it took off, right? I mean, as so let's go Brandon means F Joe Biden, which is really funny and really good. And it has taken off on its own. It's taken a life of its own. Uh, you know, we have stadiums of people trying to cheer uh, F Joe Biden, but it's easier and more fun to chant let's go brandon knowing that it means f joe biden and you're telling me all oh, the white house is unfamiliar with the f joe biden and the let's go brad brandon chance are you because we just did a report that you're building a fence around his pool house and i know that's a you know common you know oh my god they won't build a wall on the border but they're building a wall around his house yeah that's true and I get all that, but I was thinking of the more I thought about it, the more I thought maybe they're just building a fence to keep him in so he doesn't wander off. And I think that may be more to the point than uh, building a fence to keep people out. Although, with the let's go Brandon chance and the possibility of him wandering off, a fence probably isn't a bad thing to build. I just think he should pay for it, not you and me. And then thinking about how good things are here in the United States of America right now got me thinking about, well, the world. The world is a kind of in a better place, right? Of course it is. I mean, so what that we still have Afghanistan in huge turmoil and we have uh, Taiwan scared that China is going to come in, which I'm surprised they haven't already. We have Sudan. Uh, military taking power in a coup and arrested the prime minister. And they did that because, look, they didn't want a civil war. So sure, uh, people have flooded the streets in protest, but, you know, it's our shaky progress toward democracy. Oh, was anybody, I mean, during the protest, well, just a few people were killed and several were wounded, you know, dozens were wounded, but it's because we didn't want a civil war. So, oh, okay. Uh, that's fine. Then everything's fine there. And then it got me thinking, what's happening in Haiti? What is happening in Haiti? We had the, uh, I mean, there are places in a shambles, right? I mean, the gangs are ruling the country. They are literally ruling the country. And we had the gang, the Haitian, uh, the one notorious 
Haitian gang who kidnapped the 17 members of the missionary group last weekend and is demanding, you know, I think a million dollars a head. And the gang leader, Wilson Joseph, who posted a video on social media, said that uh, the Malazao gang was demanding a million for each head. And he also threatened uh, everyone. But the gang leader said that, uh, look, I'm serious, okay? I swear by thunder that if I don't get what I'm asking for, I will put a bullet in the heads of these Americans. Oh, okay. So I'm guessing we should probably take him at his word. I believe him. Now, this was three or four days ago, something like that. He also threatened the head of Haiti. (laughs) He was standing in front of some coffins of his gang members who had died. And he said, you guys make me cry. I cry water, but I'm going to make you guys cry blood. And it seems to me he's a guy we should probably take serious or find a way to end his reign. Uh, The uh, Maoazao gang in Haiti. But the group that oversees the missionaries are saying we need prayers for all the people involved for the kidnapping victims and the kidnappers it's uh yesterday was the 10th day since the workers and loved ones were kidnapped in haiti they posted on their site under please pray with us they're giving daily updates And they said, uh, please don't stop praying. Don't grow weary. We sense a great need of your prayers. Our prayers are a vital part of resolving this situation. We don't know how God will choose to bring resolution, but we desire that his will be done. I don't know. Does that mean they're going to pay off the Haitian gang leader? Is something more in the works? I, I don't know. But uh, you can send an email to them, prayers at christianaidministries.org. Uh, you know, if, why, let's, you know, at least pray that the kidnapping victims are set free without being, I don't know, murdered. So another one goes down. Colombia and their security forces have captured, according to them and all the pictures, the country's most wanted drug trafficker, the rural warlord who stayed on the run for more than a decade by corrupting officials and aligning himself with combatants on both sides. Uh, Dario Antonio Usaga, I think that's how you pronounce uh, U. S-U-G-A. Yuzuga. Yuzuga, yes. Denario Antonio. Dario. D-A-I-R-O. Dario Antonio. Antonio. A-N-T-O-N-I-O. Usaga. U-S-U-G-A. So he's been on the run. Uh, and he's been the head guy since Escobar went down. And so they pictured him in handcuffs, wearing uh, rubber boots, like, uh, you know, preferred, I guess, by the rural farmers there. He's better known by his alias, uh, Antonio, uh, O-T-O-N-I-E-L, 
Uh, he's the head of the Gulf clan, which is an army of assassins and they've terrorized Northern Colombia and they've gained, uh, cocaine smuggling routes through the jungles into the U S he's been on the most wanted list, most wanted fugitives list. He's had a $5 million reward. He was indicted way back in 2009 for providing assistance to a paramilitary group, uh, designated as a terrorist organization by the U S government. Other indictments in Brooklyn and Miami have accused him of importing at least 73 metric tons of cocaine (laughs) between 2003 and 2014 through countries, including Venezuela, Guatemala, Mexico, Panama, and Honduras. Good news though. He's been arrested and everything is fine now. So don't worry about it. The drug smuggling Gulf clan is over because, uh, Usaga has been arrested. So you don't have to worry about any other, other member of the Gulf clan stepping up and taking over now that he has been arrested. Right? All right. So there's no more tons of cocaine coming into this country. <laughs> uh, just incredible. I mean, they got this guy and uh, good. I'm uh, good. I'm glad, you know, he's a, he's a bad guy, but I don't know that, uh, it really does anything to actually help us, but I guess you have to believe that it does. So, okay. I believe that it does great jewelry heist. And I say that because it's horrible and I don't ever want to talk about good crime. That's good. Okay. But there was a jewelry heist in Nashville that was an pretty incredible heist. Okay. So they've got pictures of two of the three guys or two of the three people, two of the three criminals that uh, broke into uh, Dick Bundy's Regency Jewelries in uh, in Nashville. So they have a picture of the van also that they drove off in that had a uh, hubcap missing from one of the tires, and they had a piece of plywood on top of the van. And so, you know, who knows if that's the way the car actually looks Now, I would say, no, it doesn't because these guys, uh, two on foot, one driving a van broke in through the roof of this jewelry business, cut holes into the safe room to gain access, stole hundreds of thousands of dollars in jewelry, Rolex watches, silver, and a firearm. (gasps) Oh no. They stole all that plus a fire alarm, a firearm. Now, the two apparently disabled the alarm system before breaking into the building. Surveillance footage shows the suspects drilled into the metal roofing to get inside and used, you know, cutting tools to get through the concrete wall near the safe room. And they're gone. We don't know who they are. If you have any idea who they are, if you know the car with the hubcap missing, if you know the car that has the plywood strapped to the roof, Call Crime Stoppers. They give a number, 615-742-7463. That's the Crime Stoppers number. You can call and tell them, hey, uh, I know who that looks like, and I know who that car might look like. Now, you do that at your own risk, but maybe I don't know what the reward is for calling Crime Stoppers and leading to an arrest and conviction, but 
you want to do it because it's the right thing to do if you know these criminals. But man, they went through a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's definitely a television Netflix heist if they're drilling through the roof and they're going through concrete walls in the safe room and they're stealing everything that this place had. That's pretty incredible heist. And so, you know, I want to say congratulations, but that would be way wrong because it's not congratulations, damn it, they're criminals. And I had several people send me uh, this story uh, that I had, I already had, okay? So thanks for sending it to me, but I already had it. <laughs> if you have, you know, stories that you find interesting, you obviously can email them to me at uh, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. Love to have them. Even if I already know the story, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you sending me the stories and you can send me the links on, uh, you know, direct messages or whatever on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or email. And I love getting them because there are plenty of times when you guys send me stories and I go, oh, that's a cool story. Uh, this story, a CNN investigation, and it's a CNN investigation. I wish they would do, you know, investigations on some other stuff that would be really helpful to Americans. But this story talks about millions, if not tens of millions, of used medical gloves. Some of them uh, filthy, will still still have blood stains on them, imported into the U.S. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I remember talking about the bust that they did in Thailand Remember where they found the the trash bags full of used gloves that they said that were being recycled and tried to sh- being shipped into America? And that was, I don't know. I don't know that it was a year ago, but it was within the last year that we had that story about uh, about the Thai company. Well, this Thai, this the same company has been shipping things into this country with dirty gloves. Now the one, the one guy caught it and he reported it and he's tried to get his money back. He's gone over there and almost went to almost got thrown into jail and tried in Thailand for going up against these people. But I mean, we saw that these gloves were uh, used and they were washed. Apparently they, they wash them and then they dry them in dryers to make them feel and look as new as possible. But you can see there's pictures of the, right out of the box where they've still got blood stains on them. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. So it comes from this uh, company in Thailand called Patty the Room Trading Company. And they're these nitrile gloves shipped to the U.S. Now, we don't know how many are still in shipping containers on the docks or if some are on the ship still, but they're talking about how they have already acquired, you know, a couple hundred million gloves from Patty the Room uh, during the pandemic. And people have spent, you know, a lot of money bringing gloves into the country. Obviously, I mean, all kinds of uh, medical grade and non-medical grade food servers uh, are wearing gloves. So these are the gloves that they're bringing into the country and selling them. I mean, obviously, that's what the companies Guys in the U.S. are buying them from Patty the Room and, you know, then selling them here in the U.S. And so when you get a box from Bill, 
who is, you know, sending them to you and they're dirty. And this one guy actually was really been really pissed and he, you know, he's been fighting it and reporting it, uh, you know, a long time ago for quite some time since we first heard about it, since we first heard about the trash bags. So just be on the lookout for gloves from Patty the Room. Okay. Uh, we already know that containers totaling more than 80 million to a couple hundred million have been shipped by Patty the Room and made it into the U.S. So just be on the lookout for dirty gloves. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, they don't know. They don't know how many secondhand gloves have been making it into the American supply chain. But I would guess that just like the uh, other things that get brought into this country illegally, these are being brought in legally, but holy cow, that's not good. And you can quote me on that, by the way, that is not good. Now they've been raiding these places in Thailand, working with Thailand and working in, you know, working with the deputy secretary general of the Thai FDA. So hopefully we'll get it worked out. But again, just be on the lookout that, uh, you know, for used gloves. And if you have gloves that, uh, are in boxes that are labeled in foreign language, that I guess should set off alarm bells. So there should be either both a foreign language and in English, but not just foreign language. So if you have gloves in boxes that are just foreign language, I'm guessing the it's very high probability that those are counterfeit gloves. So, and if you see, uh, you know, the stamp, uh, Patty, the room, uh, yeah, no, don't use those. Okay. Yeah. Stop. Don't even put them on. In fact, I don't know. I guess they've been through a dryer, so you could probably touch them, but I wouldn't, I'll let you go ahead and write your own jokes on what you would and wouldn't touch with either new or used gloves. <laughs> so I'm already, I've already written a couple in my head and I'm just going to leave it in my head for now. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.